the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Everybody, welcome to the USL Show, your home for um, a, a lot of interviews that have been kind of all over the place recently. Hiya, uh, Evan Valella. You heard me on one with the Plastic Supporters Group. Uh, the other one that came out was um, Phil doing his thing with the uh, the USL Sporting Director. Um, and if you're going, you know, what is that? Why is that a role? Well, good news. On this very podcast feed, if you must, you can listen to an interview that Phil did with Mark Cartwright, the USL Sporting Director, and you can learn more about it. And you should, because it's a very good interview. I would like to apologize to Mark Cartwright for for forcing him to listen to Fall Out Boy. Uh, maybe the Smiths would have been more appropriate. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, um, short week um a lot of i guess news and some transactions to cover but joining me to suss all that out is uh one half of the stats department it's ryan allen hello how are you doing tonight evan hey man i'm it's it's nice it's just the two of us it's quiet allen's doing a thing for san diego loyal pony is i don't know somewhere so it's just the two of us how are how are you in your miami fc kit <laughs> as they were victorious this week. For everyone watching the uh, video broadcast of this yeah, later the in video the audio. Yeah, later yeah. in the season, uh, I'm doing okay. We had a hurricane, or not hurricane, a tropical storm push through Wilmington earlier today, but a uh, tropical storm Elsa has passed through, and I've just let it go. All right, and that'll be it for this week's episode. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we'll just we'll just kill it off there. That was rough. Um, I <clears throat> good. So really interesting, um, interesting moves happened this week. In fact, uh, one that is actually not listed on the USL News um, page of the website with Vanky Ozil going to uh, to what Birmingham from from Roots. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that one's wild. And then, um, I mean, a, a couple days ago or about a week ago, you have Eric Dick rejoining Indy 11, and then I think immediately starting. Um, so he goes there on loan from, from Crew. Um, yeah, he just started in their uh, match against Atlanta United, too. Yeah. That was a uh, one-all draw. Which is really nice. And then, uh, speaking of Oakland, Brandon Allen goes to Roots. And, I mean, that's... A no-no result know. against Sacramento. Yeah. After that match where someone needed to score a goal, please. Uh, I mean, he's got... Listen, I mean, he's got 47 regular season goals. Like, there's not a whole lot of guys, like, on the street casually that you could just pick up that have nearly 50. Um, and admittedly we'll probably hit 50 regular season goals in the USL championship 
<coughs> and Brandon Allen's one of those guys. And I mean, you know, for, for better or worse, he's available. And I think if you're Oakland and you watch that game against Sacramento where you didn't necessarily make a ton of chances, but they didn't finish theirs, it's never going to hurt to have a guy like that on your team um, who can score goals. Yeah, I mean, when you're the Oakland Roots and have only generated three shots against Sacramento in that game, sit bottom of the Pacific Division, out of the playoff picture by double your points. Uh, and it, it's just you need to find some way to start winning games. I know you have games in hand, but when third, mm. not only double your points to get into the playoffs, when third place is on 18 points, you need to start to find a mm. way to win games and get back into the playoff picture because it's – currently just it's not an acceptable spot for them yeah yeah and then um in a move that i will be very surprised if we see play itself all the way through haji berry gets signed to a two-year contract extension um because he's been the hottest player i think in the league this year USL Tactics, John, had a really good uh, tweet earlier today saying that Haji Berry has been one of the best players in the league, but we should also be keeping an eye on Cameron Lancaster as well. And uh, when you see all these players getting signed into MLS, I know Columbus Crew have been having their player shortages at the moment as uh, the defending league champions, but uh, it always is curious to me on – when will a few MLS teams like look towards some of these USO players that are producing at these really fantastic rates on bringing them up to MLS? It's great for the league that we have these players sign these uh, long-term deals and that they're producing at this level, but uh, it just seems like some of these guys are destined for bigger and better things. I know Haji Berry has played around has played across a few different teams. He was with Colorado for a while. He was with a few other sides in MLS or in USL. But it just seems like some of these guys are destined for bigger and better teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a really good point that John made about Cam. Um, Just because, like, we've seen... We've seen Cameron Lancaster pull it together for a whole year. I, I, I don't think we've necessarily seen Haji Berry do what he's doing now over eight or nine months. Um, if he's able to keep this up, he's on path for what I think is going to be maybe one of the best seasons uh, for an individual ever, maybe. Um, and not necessarily maybe. That's probably ever. Um, but... He's been he's been so good and and you know this is where I get myself into trouble. Brendan and his team have done a really good job of, of surrounding him with players that I think he enjoys playing with and that complement him very well. <clears throat> I think their biggest thing is just not conceding um, in like the first ten minutes, and then they'd be a lot better. Um, not that they were doing bad by any stretch, but uh, you know, with a guy like that, I. The potential money that you make from from a sale like that isn't anything to sneeze at, and and yeah, you know maybe the case is made. I think I think Mark Goodman made the case where it's like, do the Rapids just take him because they're not necessarily piling in goals? 
Um, and so if they do, you get a hometown discount, I'm sure. But either way, like the switchbacks will be built for the next three years off of a sale of Haji Berry like that if they use the money well. And I, I have confidence that they will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the switchbacks are currently third in the uh, mountain division. They're about to play... <coughs> Hey, they're about to play New Mexico United for, I think, the third time this season, uh, this upcoming yeah, week. But right. uh, uh, I don't know. I, I know their connection is or should be there between Colorado and Colorado Springs, but the Rapids are fourth in the Western Conference in MLS, and it doesn't seem like they're in like a position to really need someone to bring into the league. They have 18 goals on their own. I don't, Honestly, if you're looking into MLS, I'd be curious if you're looking – at a team like a Columbus uh, to try and shore up their defense or shore up their attack, like a Nashville, Portland, or Minnesota, some of those teams that are low in their uh, goals scored right now, all of whom who have had a negative goal differential or, or very either a very low positive goal differential or a negative goal differential mm. at the moment that they would sign mm. to. So I don't think Colorado's or the Rapids is a sure thing, but I do think the switchbacks yeah. were smart in signing him to a deal because I'm sure there was a, either a release clause or something sure. of, that would separate him from his contract that the team could definitely benefit from. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that way too, it's all right, at least this year, if anyone tries to, now that the window's open too especially, <coughs> for MLS um, if anyone tries to do anything it has to go through us they can't just you know I mean alright yeah maybe he's got a release clause in there somewhere um, and any MLS team should meet any USL team's release clause right yeah Re- yeah like uh, that regardless of amount they uh, honestly every ownership group has the capability to do so right you would, you would, th- like, yeah. I mean, there's no way there's not. Like, like USL big money and MLS big money now, especially with um, Nashville's most recent signing of eight and a half, eight point six million. Like, there's a gap there. That's a di- there's a different <laughs> there's a different level of four D chess being played, I guess. Um, the I don't know, frustrated USL fan in me is like, there's no way that these guys are not worth whatever that release clause is to at least get a look at them for, you know, the remaining six months of your season or whatever it is. Um, That being said, one of the ways that I think these guys in USL leagues as a whole are going to drive up their, their dollar is in the Gold Cup. And the good news about that is there's 17 players currently playing in either the Championship or League One that will be in or around the CONCACAF's uh, Crown Jewel Tournament, the Gold Cup, um, starting this Saturday, so the uh, the 10th. And Miami FC, who we saw depleted uh, yesterday, have three people there with Brian Sylvester and Speedy Williams and Lamar Walker. Um, Sylvester for Haiti and, and Speedy and Lamar for Jamaica. Um, and then Ronaldo Damas, who should be on everyone's radar by now, and Zach Haraval 
from Birmingham are going to be in Haiti as well. Um, and then just, like just a lot of guys on these teams, and I'm really here for it. AJ Patterson with Granada, obviously. Neville Hackshaw has been a Trinidad Tobago mainstay for years now. Um, Amanda Moreno is one to look out for with El Salvador. Like there's a lot of talent here, and these big stages and these big tournaments are going to get these guys noticed, not by just other American teams, obviously, um, but teams in big leagues in CONCACAF, you imagine, and then, you know, potentially throughout Europe even. Yeah, I mean, you have Joaquin Brivas from uh, FC Tulsa, also playing for El Salvador, Dre Fortune, and from Memphis, he's playing for Trinidad and Tobago. This is a really... He, uh, it's a really big tournament for these players to be a part of, and it's great for USL to have these players playing in the Gold Cup, that it shows that this is a league that you can grow into, and it's a good showcase for the league towards these players who are trying to join the league, as well as a showcase of the players who are already in the league to try and move up from the league towards MLS, League MX, and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Um, it helps the agents out too. I, I mean, like obviously, it's it's good for everybody. It's good for USL. It gives those guys a platform. Um, good for the players because they get to play on a bigger level. They get national team caps, obviously. And and as someone famously told me one time, those are you know, no one can take those away from you. <laughs> if you get capped by your national team, you can't take those away. Um, and that's massive. Uh, and then it's a confidence boost when you come back, give or take. I mean, if you perform decently well or fine or average in the Gold Cup and you come back and you're like, all right, I've played, you know, this level. Now I am here. I have a little more confidence. I guess conversely, if you're really, really bad, it might have the, the inverse effect. But there's only one way to find out, I guess. And you're still playing at... Uh a national team level, I would bet that out of the teams represented here in the Gold Cup, Curacao, Salvador, Granada, Guadalupe, Haiti, Jamaica, and Trinidad and Tobago, we'd see about two of those teams advance at a group stage and make knockouts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of guys that are going to be like in probably the semifinals with Jamaica is what, four? Uh, three USL players were called up to the uh, Jamaica three. team. Yeah, so Flemings, Walker, and Williams. Williams and Walker. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, Leon Bailey and Corey Burke were too. Um, so there's there's a history of of guys in in the USL making impacts and then moving on. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Give it a few more uh, tournament cycles, and within yeah. a couple cycles, it'll be a really good platform for USL players to be playing in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, were there any scores from the last week or so that you were like, that shouldn't have happened? I know Anything Phil had to, a uh, really breakdown. I know Phil had a tweet earlier uh, this week talking about the games that occurred all on Wednesday, and he said there was not a single game this week that 
was like, yeah, I expected that to happen. That like every mm, single yeah. game this week would, and on Wednesday at least, that. was at least unexpected to a point. You had New York Red Bulls two <clears throat> beating Charlotte in their home, quote unquote, home opener at uh, American yeah. Legion Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Miami FC beat uh, Tampa Bay two to one. You had a mm. draw between Sacramento and Oakland, which you wouldn't expect with mm. Oakland's delay and playing a proper amount of games up to now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Las Vegas has been really unexpected up to this point to be knocking yeah. on the door of a playoff spot. Yeah. I think I think Birmingham beating Indy at the at Carroll is interesting. Back on the third, um, the yeah the that Wednesday slate Phil was talking about um, from uh, the thirtieth of June, where it was RGV beating El Paso three two. Loudon beating Pittsburgh 2-1, and then and Monarchs beating New Mexico 3-2. <coughs> it's goofy. The middle one, Loudon beating Pittsburgh 2-1 is, is strange. Um, but, I mean, you know. Yeah, and, and if you opened a stadium in, in this country that was soccer-specific this week, you just, you know, you at least gave up the first goal. Um... And man, that that Charlotte thing is so surreal. And I, um, we had a couple people like in the Charlotte Twitterverse tweet us like, oh, you know, like we put up a sign in a, there's a parking garage behind the the stadium that's on the hard cam setup. So I don't know what angle the stadium faces in so I don't know if it's north, south, east, west, whatever it is but from where the camera's set up in the press box to uh, you can see this this parking garage and uh, they had a D'Amico outside it was someone someone was like holy this was impressive someone was like holding it like through these slots in the in the parking garage like with their fists I think like the whole time and I hope they had more people there to take turns but um, just for for stamina's sake, but a very, very strange thing. Um, and I, I think there's a bunch of people on Twitter um, where if you would like to track down thoughts of, of fans that have been with that organization since 2016, they're more qualified to talk about it than we are. Um, but Ryan's from Wilmington, so he's not too far off. Um, I think it is very nice that that market finally got a soccer-specific stadium. I think it's very nice that the people that went to that game as casuals or even as fans of the independents that don't maybe, like, know the literal politics of their owner or, or whatever or just don't care or are not emotionally invested. Who knows? Whatever. I'm sure it was a wonderful time for the people that went to that game because that park looks very, very pretty. That being said... I think it's really frustrating and a little bit sad that that much of that stadium was empty when I think you and I and I think a lot of people and I think even people in the league office know that that didn't necessarily have to be the case. And that's not even like me on a fiery pulpit saying we have to get this guy out of ownership because it's not going to happen. Um, and I'm sorry that I was right about that, but it's a waiting game. And 
the league is always going to be able to outweigh whoever. Um, and they did, and it's fine. And they got their stadium, and that team is there. And who knows what happens when the MLS team comes in next year. But for now, it's it's look at this pretty stadium. Weird that there's no one there. But, you know, you can you can sort of hide behind the, well, you know, there was no one at Miami's game until next week, but, you know, that was a university thing. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. Charlotte is one of two teams in USO right now who do not, or actually one of three teams in USO right now who do not have a draw at the moment, Tampa Bay and Loudoun being the other ones. Odd that it's all coming from the Atlantic Division. But, yeah, it'll be interesting seeing how, uh, if they can attract fans kind of going forward, knowing the situation and everything that's there. They got to their new stadium, but uh, (coughs) the ownership situation needs to change, and there's no other way around it. It it needs to change. I I guess if you were looking at it from we need to get new fans into into this building, you're not pitching anything other than the team is good, the stadium's shiny and, and nice and a good night out, and that's it. You don't even uh, the uh, the ownership or the politics of the guy that signs the checks for everybody is so far past any pitch you'd make to prospective new fans. Did I just I don't know how it gets put back into the spotlight again ever really because I don't know how long the team's going to be around or in what capacity we'll see I know Charlotte FC was looking at uh, starting eventually a uh, B team that would uh, not be a part of USO would be in the new MLS D3 league in in next or whatever they did say that it would be out of market so it would not necessarily be within Charlotte so uh, uh, Independence uh, Stumptown whoever it would not be competing against Mm. them would either be and I'd bet a Greensboro, Columbia, a Wilmington, a High Point, somewhere within those uh, cities of being another team. But, yeah, we we just don't know how much longer the team might last. And I, I hope there's a new ownership that comes in. That's, I, I just – there needs to be a new ownership for the Charlotte Independence, and I want that for everyone in – the Charlotte fan base that's there, but it there needs to be a new ownership. Um, and then I guess we'll end it since we're coming up on the weekend. You got two games tomorrow, and you got what is that? Five, eight on Saturday, two on Sunday. Anything you're looking forward to watching, Ryan? I don't know. It'll be interesting on Saturday. Speaking of Charlotte, that uh, Phoenix Rising yeah. is making their trip yeah, out. Yeah, making their trip out east. That I think will be interesting. I think this will be the furthest east the club will travel all year. But one of the best yeah. clubs in the Western Conference uh, this season, and is going to be making a trip on their furthest road trip. But I think mm-hmm. will be particularly interesting just to see how they react to the travel. 
how they adjust to all of that. I have no doubt that they should very much get a result here, but uh, it could very much be a precursor if they should have to travel for the USL Cup final sh uh, if they make it that far. Um, I'll echo that one. That one's a fun one. The other two that I'm kind of curious about, Tulsa's going to Louisville. And then uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot in this one other than it's actually in Oklahoma City. But the energy are going to host Indy 11. That'll be interesting. Um, Indy, of course, without coach at the moment. Well, I mean, they have an interim, but Rennie's not there anymore. So we'll see how they kind of find their footing after, uh, I think they, they played once um, already this week. Well, I guess this month works just as well for that analogy. Um, yeah, they lost one nothing to Birmingham at home. Uh, so this will be their, their first away trip under under new uh, new watchful eyes. And we'll see how that goes. Um and then I'm trying to think if there's any others that are like really popping out at me here. To give a shout-out to the uh, yeah. Pacific Division, you have uh, sure. LA Galaxy 2 hosting Tacoma Defiance right now, and both yeah. teams are even on 12 points, and the winner of that will find themselves in the top four of the Pacific Division after that game. Go. And I'm starting to think at the end of this regular season, we're going to see either... LA Galaxy, Tacoma, or Las Vegas in a playoff spot in the Pacific. One of those three teams. Um, I think shorthanded Miami finds a way to beat Loudon, but I also wouldn't be too, too surprised if shorthanded Miami does not beat Loudon just because they have 15 players. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then... I think we're looking at a Brandon Allen start for Oakland against Vegas. That was another um, interesting game that I was uh, about to bring up as well. Um, Oakland just needs a jump start somewhere. They have just one win yeah. in their seven games played here in USL. And this game's uh, it's not at their true home, but mm. it they need a jump start somewhere. They need something positive going forward or to just – bolster the spirits of the team and also convince them that they made the right move to jump from Nisa to here. Yeah. They they got to get some of the on-field stuff right at this point. Um, so here's hoping that mid to late summer is where they do that. Um, who knows? Anyway. Um... I think we'll get out of here. Do you have anything else to add? Not much else. Just looking at through divisions, you have Tampa Bay leading the Atlantic, Birmingham surprisingly yeah. leading the Central, RGVFC leading the Mountain, and Phoenix leading the Pacific to kind of round off where everyone is currently leading at the moment. And if you're looking through those divisions, uh, only two of them could potentially change uh, divisional leads by the time we next record. Yeah. Um, friendly reminder that if you're involved in the communications staff at one Indianapolis 11, 
you should maybe reach out to me to talk about times for setting up an interview with um with the commissioner of beers patrick segrist um because i'd like to talk to him please and thank you um not just about hibachi and beer although that'll be the main the main bit but also i realized that he was a near ripple draft pick and has kind of been um itching for some for some pro soccer minutes since that draft so i'm sure that will also be discussed due to the nature of you know what we do here so um for ryan for pony who's not here for for alan who is doing a thing with the team that is probably more interesting than talking to ryan and i on a thursday night i'm sure um you know rubbing elbows with the greats uh for phil who's not here but is going to edit this hi phil um and for ryan allen this has been evan this has been the usl show follow us on twitter at the usl show and we'll talk to you guys uh after this weekend's slate of matches see ya